0: My name is Merrill Dubrow, CEO of Mark Research and the chair of the MSMR Program Advisory Board at Michigan State. I am really excited to be part of Spartan Insights. Spartan Insights is a series of podcasts that I'll be hosting and interviewing one of the 350 alumni and 60 board members from the Michigan State Marketing Research Program. Today's guest on Spartan Insights is Doug Haley. Doug, the Senior Director of Consumer Insights at Gatorade of PepsiCo. Doug, thank you so much for being a guest on Spartan Insights. Welcome.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, I'm excited to to have this conversation. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Hey, Doug, let's level set a little bit because I know we're meeting for the first time. Just start with a little overview of your career, if you would, for the listeners.
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, in college, I was a football player who attempted to get a degree. So I ended up with a history degree, out of college, I didn't know what I was going to do, and a friend of mine was like, "Oh, hey, we had this internship at this company I work for. It's a health and wellness trends uh, research company, and I got uh, was able to participate in the program, and I loved it. It fit so well with what I was good at, what I felt. I really learned even with a, a liberal arts education at the time, and immediately I just fell in love with the with the insights function. So it, it that was in December of '99, and I have been. In insights my entire career. I I worked for Health Focus for about eight years to to start up my career. From there, I moved to Barilla, the uh, Italian pasta and sauces company, and that's here in Chicago, uh, their their U.S. offices. And then in 2010, I moved to PepsiCo, where as, as part of PepsiCo, I worked on the Quaker team for about six and a half, seven years. And then I moved over to the the Gatorade, the sports and fitness business unit, which is Gatorade, Propel, Muscle Milk, um, PepsiCo sports and fitness brands. So yeah, I have uh, I have been in the function for over twenty years now, which is wild. Wow,
0: amazing! So, what position did you play in football?
1: I was a tight end. I, I was a wow. tight end. I, I went to Drake University. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun.
0: But you didn't want to play for the because I always you know I played baseball as a kid and and I wasn't I wasn't good enough to play in college. But I always wanted to play left field for the Red Sox. So, did you want to play uh, tight end for the, you know, follow Mike Ditka's footsteps for the Chicago Bears or no? So my my OC in
1: college did call me Ditka because I, I was uh, my my game was more physical than it was finesse. But by the time I by the time my junior year rolled around, I realized I wasn't going pro. Not only was I not you know I mean it's the upper upper echelon of course. I, I dreamed of being the next next Ditka, but. I was good enough being kind of my own didger, right? That's great,
0: that's great. So, you know, in my career, I've had about seven jobs. In your career, when you kind of reviewed it, um, I thought I counted three. You and I both know graduates of today, they'll have three jobs in their first five years. Can you oh, yeah. talk a little bit about the differences in terms of some of the the graduates that are gonna come out in May? who might want to bounce around about, and maybe some of the benefits for staying and making sure you stay the right amount of time?
1: I I would almost frame it up in the same way I would, the way a brand looks at its own equity, right? You have short-term, you have long-term. What's right in the short-term might not be the best thing for the long-term. So I think there's a lot of excitement when it comes to like, yeah, if I jump companies, I can make a little more money doing this quickly. I can get a new title. What I really gained from sticking with organizations for longer period of time is a level of expertise and trust, right? You know, I became the person people look to, right? Like if you're, if you're changing roles every 18 months, you don't have time, especially if you're changing entire companies, right? You don't, you don't really have the time to build your level of expertise. You're just kind of building your like you're you're kind of checking the box if I'm gonna be on. Like if we're if we're gonna be honest, right? You're saying, oh, look, I did this, I did this, I did this, I just yeah. wanna go, I just wanna go. But what about being great at it? What about becoming an expert in a field? And and especially something like insights, it's so important because our job is really about influence, right? Our our job is to to connect with our peers, to let our leadership know where risks are where we should place our bets, all of those things. And if you don't have kind of the weight of personality that like, hey, this person's been here and they know it, they've seen it, and we've seen their work, we've seen them influence, they've done all this. When I first came to PepsiCo, it took a good year, a year and a half for me to build that rapport, that trust, that kind of personal branding that, hey, Doug is someone we know we can go to for these kinds of, ans- we know he's someone we can give a project to and he's gonna deliver. And if you're at that point and now you're jumping off to somewhere else, you're restarting yeah. that. And so, whereas do I think I would have made a little bit more money and maybe gotten a little bit more of a title faster? Yes, but I don't think I'd be in the seat I am that, well, I know I would be. I know I'm in the seat I'm in now because of the relationships I've built internally, because of the trust I was able to build not just with my peer set but with leaders like it's hard you don't get in front of leadership very often especially when you're first starting out in your career but if you're there a longer period of time those things become more frequent and suddenly you become that person that leaders are like oh yeah i I remember that person from this meeting they were great let's let's give this project to them let's emphasize them it's the kind of thing that like just has to happen over time you have to have a little bit of patience
0: Yeah, you know, I I think there's a lot of takeaways from there. I mean, we both know that on the client side, Fortune 500 companies, politics can come in to play. Understanding the political environment, and I'm not talking about Democrat and Republican, but understanding the political environment and the workings within a client organization can be really, really challenging, right? And understanding that can be difficult for some folks that are starting out recent grads starting out in their career any advice I mean first of all do you agree with that and then secondly if you do any advice in terms of you know somebody who's graduating in May or a recent grad who's listening to this podcast again, Spartan Insights that can help them navigate through that because that's hard you you don't understand the political environment you're done your career is over quickly before it started right
1: no, for sure. So there's a couple of things I'll say. One is, I, I will say, I think when, when we hear political environment, we immediately go to a super negative of like, oh, there's these people who believe this, and there's these people who believe this. And yet, like, Look, if, if if people don't know who you are, it's difficult to them, for them to vouch for you, right? Not difficult, but impossible, right? Like, the more connections you make, the more people are like, oh, yes, I know this person. I don't know what they're for. I know what they're not for okay, like maybe I, I haven't worked with them directly, but I had that connection and therefore like, how can we make this work for them? I think one of the keys as you're starting out is forming honest mentorships with people. And I say honest mentorships because one mistake I have seen is people coming out and just putting meetings on leadership's calendars and just asking them questions that they clearly got online that they're not really interested in. They just want me to know that they set up a meeting with me So that I know who they are. And it's like, no, no. If you seek out a real relationship, like, hey, I I just want to understand. And you can tell when someone's listening, you can tell when someone's taking it in and engaging. They'll ask certain questions back to you when you say something. And so building those relationships quickly, again, it has to be honest. It can't, if you're just going to do a check the box thing, that's actually worse. Because that that's like that's one of the political mistakes. It's like, okay, yeah. Here's this person who's trying to put on a show for leadership, but in the end, are they really doing the work? I don't know. Whereas when you start building real, true, personal connections with people, again, it doesn't have to, when I say personal connections, it doesn't have to be like like your personal life story. But just a real human connection, just talking about work, talking about industry, talking about uh, your role in leadership and how things work internally that's when you're gonna get other people to open up and and help you navigate that system because they know you're just trying to learn too and they're more likely to be transparent with you.
0: You know, there's about, I feel like an octopus now for a second because off of what you just said, there's about 10 tentacles I wanna go over But let's go with this. Obviously, you're very well-spoken, a really, really solid communicator, somebody who really, I think, has a deep thought process on lots of subjects. And I think there's just tremendous learning. With that said, if I had to guess, there's some people who mentored you and helped you along the way, right? Oh, yeah. Can you just, you know, maybe talk a little bit about those people and what it meant to you and how you got to your career with their assistance and guidance?
1: Linda Gilbert was the woman who hired me. She was the the founder and owner of of Health Focus International. And one of the things that she really took, because again, I didn't have, uh, like a business degree at the time, right? Well, or to this day either. But you know, I was just starting out. And she saw someone with potential, and and what I learned from her was this need of like it's about working hard, right? There are tools, and like you're gonna learn the tools along the way, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna pick that stuff up, but put in the hours, put in the time, and get someone senior to trust you, and they'll open up to you. And when I was in PepsiCo, Linda Lee, so like I. So I've had like six managers who are Linda's. I'm not even kidding. Linda, Linda Gilbert, Linda Kavaka, Linda Lee. There's another Linda in there I'm not thinking of. I apologize in advance, Linda's. Uh, But Linda Lee was one of my managers at Quaker who, what she really helped me identify too is I was someone who was pushy. She, She influenced me to create like my own personal branding. And she's like, well, I'm your manager and I want you to put together what you stand for and what you do. And and, what I, what, and as soon as I got finished with it, I was like, it was so helpful to me. It was yeah. so, and she pushed me in a way that I didn't want to be pushed, but she knew it was right. And when I realized at the end, it was for me. It helped me understand what, what mattered to me. What I wanted, not, not only what I wanted to do with my life, but when I start hiring people for a larger team, what I expect from them. And, it, and what I expect from them isn't just like a photocopy of me. That's not what I'm saying. But like the behaviors that I really value and what I think makes a great insights professional and things like that and really codifying it. So I've had honestly a series of incredible managers that, that gave me opportunities and, and pushed me. Yeah, you, you have to be able, the one thing I'll say is a mentor can only be valuable to you if you're willing to do what yeah. they recommend to you. Yeah. even if you don't want to do it. Like, again, like you were in a job, you have a manager, sometimes they're going to tell you to do stuff you don't want to do. And in the end, you realize, man, that was the best thing I could have done. And, yeah. and so be open to, to new ideas uh, and new pushes.
0: That's great. I mean, it sounds like you've had some amazing people that you worked with and for over your career. So we're going to switch gears just for a smidge, because even though 20 minutes ago, we were total strangers. Now we're best friends for this question. I'm
1: feeling it too. I'm,
0: I'm yeah, I am, it. I am feeling it. I am feeling it. So you and I are best friends and we're outside. And I'm like, you know, Doug, God, I've been working for this company for five years and I'm just, I've got this new boss. I'm not connecting with them. Um, I don't think they're treating the department fairly. I just think that I'm just having trouble. What's your advice for me?
1: as I was saying before, so I think the first step, like what I learned is that personal branding exercise and whether or not, like, I think when you think of personal branding, it's a lot of the how, but it's also like the goal setting. It's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And you're not going to like every manager you have. I I will say there's like, I can think of one manager in particular that like, I really had struggles with, but Mm -hmm. whom I also learned a ton from because in the struggle, I learned how to manage that. Right. Like we had a lot of disagreements, but I forced myself to learn how to connect with this person to still deliver high quality work and have this person see me for being able to do like I had to adjust a lot more than they had to adjust to me. That's simply the relationship of manager to direct report that that you kind of have to work through, uh, which can be unfortunate. Be honest with yourself. Are you doing that? Are you committed to doing that? And if you are, it can be a great learning opportunity. And maybe you have been doing it. The other part of it is it, have you already been doing that? And has nothing gotten better? Are you yeah. miserable? Like, Are you the kind of like, I went through a period where every Sunday night I just dreaded going to work and uh, I yeah.
0: ruined my my thing. Right, when we were growing up, it's working for the weekend, Yeah.
1: right? Yeah, exactly. Not a fun
0: it's... thing to go be around.
1: <laughs> exactly, and so if you're in that struggle, don't go lodge an HR complaint unless it's something like if it is something like serious like you are uncomfortable personally or you feel like you're being harassed or treated unfairly based on it of course like HR but I'm saying if you and your manager just don't get along yeah and you go complaining to HR that will hurt you more than it will hurt them it seems unfortunate but I'm giving honest advice here maybe too honest, but like do you have to take it on yourself and if you've been doing all that and it's still not working, it's time. It's time to be like, okay, yeah. I have to I have to take myself somewhere else because as much as we think our careers are everything, like be happy be happy yeah. and in the end, like we're kind of developing yeah. things we're selling things, but like your health, your happiness is everything
0: yeah hey Doug, what a couple last questions. um the first one is I'm gonna assume that you're hiring at PepsiCo is that correct? Yep. you Okay, so so congratulations, you got twenty resumes. Can you give a little best practice of hey, this is what really stands out for me, getting it down from twenty to five. Let's start with that question. Is there something that gravitates to you in your eye that you really like to see? For sure,
1: like, and so when you talk about that first level, you talk about the yep. resume, right? The, the resume yep. things that are going to pop out on me are like are actions, influences, things that you have influenced change within an organization. You know, the tools that we use, they're just tools, right? And so, you know, it's not enough to say, hey, I have experience in doing these things. Okay, you have experience in using this type of tool, but what did you use that experience to do? How did you grow the business? How did you solve a problem? How did you influence a leader using that information, right? Because that's, again, what we do. Like, we are not data providers. We are change agents in an organization. And, you know, it it is up to us to use data and, you know, both, you know, numerical data and human data, you know, big data and deep data to influence our leadership to make the right decisions. And so within a resume, like I said, it's it's not just checking the box of like, oh great, they know how to use these things. How did they use those things? Got it. And then I'll I'll, like the next level down I'll even say is in an interview, the personal trait I have the most passion for is intellectual curiosity. Be someone who does more than answer the question. Like you will be, hey, what about this? If somebody says, hey, where's our brand equity right now? And you come back with a slide that says, here's our brand equity that's not enough like I asked you the question like versus you come back and you say well hey I, I started to look at our brand equity and then this number popped and it was odd to me and so I looked into this which made me go into this and suddenly I went in the spiral yeah and now I have these 15 pages that help me understand like okay that's what I'm looking for I'm looking for someone because that's what we need to be because a lot of times our our peers come to us with a very specific question but like in order to actually grow the business we have to think beyond the question they asked us what problem are we really trying to solve from a business? Yeah, and it's usually beyond that single thing they're
0: asking. Yeah, you know it's interesting, so don't judge. but on Sunday, well, Friday and Sunday, I played in the pickleball tournament, the Texas Open, which had eleven hundred people wow. uh, playing in this tournament. A big yeah, it was a big tournament. actually I got bronze on on Sunday in the in the men's doubles. Shout out to Darren Levine, my my doubles partner. I like, and I call it connecting the dots, right? So here we are with probably arguably the fastest growing sport, definitely in the United States, maybe in North America, maybe even beyond, I don't know. Eventually it's gonna be an Olympic sport for sure. But to me, when I looked around and I saw all the sponsors and stuff like that, I didn't see Gatorade, the official drink of pickleball USA worldwide, whatever. And I like asking those questions and framing it like, you know, is that something that you guys should be attached to? Because first of all, getting in at an early age, you know, when it's maybe two or three years, four years of this sport, do you do you look at things like that as well? For sure. And,
1: and it's a tough
0: thing too, because
1: because we get we do get that question a lot. we We get that question of like how come here and not here. And you know without getting into like the the super details of our budget and how you know we, we spend all our money, we do have very large properties. And the fact of the matter is you have to make choices, right? Like sure. like in the end as a marketer, as a spender of a budget, you yeah. have to make choices. And, and so oh, yeah. while we would happily put Gatorade everywhere, there are some places where other companies outbid us simply because we have to prioritize one area over the other. And that is not a, an affront to pickleball whatsoever, as much as it's a, a base reality of, of yeah. marketing. And, and it's a key thing to learn early, right? It, it, like, learn marketing mix, learn. The parts of your business that are most impacted by the different areas of your marketing spend. Like those are such crucial drivers of the choices we make in our organization. Yeah. And we may not like it all the time, but it, but again, that's how you become a key partner is, is to be able to say, like, hey, I know we really want to do this. This is exciting and this is growing, but this is how much money we make over here. Yeah. And then therefore we can't really afford to make this decision right now.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's great. In closing, Doug, what would you say to the May graduates of uh, the MSMR program at Michigan State? Any advice, last best minute parting words that they can really hone in on for, for many decades to come?
1: Be open, Be make it personal, make it about relationships. So many of us start off with goals that are very tactical and specific, or like title driven, you know. And 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 I'm not saying that's wrong. Like, obviously, it's easy for me to say I'm leading insights for you know one of the coolest brands in the world, right? But but realistically, it took a long time to get there, and there were some roles I took that I didn't love, but they were necessary. But what got me through those were the personal relationships I had. Like like every step along the way. And that's where I was even saying before, Meryl, about like you're in that tough situation with your manager. Like, do you have other people you can lean on? Do you generally enjoy your job, just not your relationship with your manager? Like maybe that's something you can deal with, but like try and make choices. And because, and maybe it's something, maybe I'm being a softie because of COVID and everything we've been through last two years too, but it's like, enjoy yourself, right? Like this is all too short for us to like spend 60 hours a week in a job working with people we don't like, just so we can try and be senior manager in two years instead of 18 months, right? Like it's like stop and take a step back. And when you're in it, enjoy it. Like make good personal connections, enjoy yourself. This is a fun job. Have fun with it.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I love that word, Doug, enjoy. And that's one of the takeaways from this terrific session with you on Spartan Insights. I really appreciate your time today. You've been listening to Doug from PepsiCo slash Gatorade. My name is Meryl Dubro. Thanks for listening and have a great day, everyone.